welcome to Good Day for a Vacay. I'm Rachel Kendall, and as a through and through Enneagram 7, you can usually count on the fact that as I'm doing all the things, you know, being a wife, mom, entrepreneur, and pursuing all things freedom and health, I'm also most likely simultaneously plotting how to add as many trips as humanly possible into our schedule in the back of my mind. Welcome to my crazy world. I'm so glad you're here. Each week, we're going to cover different topics like chatting about health and wellness, all things Enneagram, growing closer to Jesus, and of course, dreaming together about that perfect vacation destination. Well, here we are. It's our very last episode of the year. I'm a big believer in general that today is always a great day to start and pursue a new goal instead of waiting until next week, next year, next month. A prime example of this is the fact that I chose the busiest and craziest month of the whole entire year to start this new podcast in December instead of putting it off to January 1st. But I'm so glad I did uh, because we've had such a fun time together this month and It's been so exciting starting this new thing together. And since we're right here at the end of 2021, the beginning of 2022, there is value in evaluating the old and putting steps towards something new, making strategic decisions toward new goals, things you want to work on in your life, whatever the case. So on the topic of goal setting, if you've failed at big goals in the past, and you have big goals that you really want to accomplish. Here is just bonus material. This is not really what I'm going to talk about today. But I highly recommend the audible version of John A. Cup's book, Finish. Now, when I... You could get the actual book. But I love listening to John A. Cup because he's hilarious. You can follow him on Instagram. And I really love listening to his books in his own voice. But this book was so helpful for me and actually like really evaluating goals and learning how to make them bite-sized and really actually finish your goals instead of just failing goal after goal. So speaking on goals, I want to hear if you set New Year's goals because here we are just a couple days away from New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. I want to know, do y'all set goals? Do y'all take time to set goals? We used to not really do that on New Year's. I mean, it it was something I did throughout the year with business and with different things, but I didn't necessarily do it on January 1. Well, a couple years ago, we started setting aside some time on January 1st as a family to make some family goals and personal goals. I kind of thought it would be something that the kids would really roll their eyes at and want to get over as quickly as possible, but to my surprise, they really loved it. Hilariously, the year that we did that was the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020 when we started this family goal setting. Now, pretty easy to say, the year did not quite go as we had envisioned. I mean, who in their right mind could have seen that kind of mess coming our way Not me. I can tell you never in my wildest dreams did I see 2020 coming. It's a great reminder that we are not in control. God is. And we can set goals and do our best, but we cannot predict the future. 
and we do need to trust and follow him and be okay with the fact that we're not in control. But we did still accomplish so many of the things we set out to do that year, even though it was an insane year in a lot of ways. And one of the favorite things that the kids wanted was they, we made a family decision that at any point when we went out to eat, we would do some kind of extravagant tip. I think we had a specific dollar amount set aside and we would all get to decide at that dinner when would be the time that year that we were going to give that. And so the kids had a lot of fun planning that out and deciding who to do that for. But we made other various goals too. One thing, and this is what we're going to talk about today, is we really tried to get more intentional that year with having family devotions or family Bible study together. We are not perfect in this area, and it definitely doesn't happen every single day, but it's something we really try to be intentional about and really try to make time to do together. We've done different things over the years, uh, from whether it's from picking passages of the Bible just to read and discuss together, to using devotional books. And we've kind of ordered some books that we thought were going to be great, and then they were but they were not great and they were just not on the right level for the kids or whatever the case there we have gotten some books that we didn't love and then we've gotten some that we really love so today as we're coming up on the new year and maybe you are already really amazing at this in your family life of having intentional time to study the word together or to discuss things in the bible together but maybe you found like we did at this time in our life a couple years back, that we weren't great about that. It seemed like it was a lot easier when the kids were really young and you could just read like a page of the storybook Bible or something like that. But the older they got, the more awkward it it maybe got, or we just weren't really good at the routine of it. So I'm going to share a couple of our very, very favorite books that we have really enjoyed together as a family today. Okay, I do really want to say if your family already has something that's working great for y'all, you might have a devotional resource or a family Bible study resource that you have gone through and loved or are currently going through, please shoot me a message over at Instagram at Rachel G. Kindle because I would love to hear more about it and maybe find a new book that we will love as well. I I love getting new ideas from y'all. This first book I'm going to talk about We really love it. It's by Tim Tebow, and it's called Know Who You Are, Live Like It Matters. It's actually a personal devotional that's marketed to homeschoolers. It says on the front, a homeschooler's interactive guide to discovering your true identity. But it's funny because it's not really exclusively for homeschoolers at all. I mean, we have homeschooled before. We don't currently homeschool, and I'm glad I didn't let the title scare us off from that because it's great for any preteen or teen. It's really a gem of a resource. And I love in it how relatable Tim is. And it was perfect to engage our sports-loving Gators fan, who sometimes has a short attention span. I won't name any names in the family. But really, all of us love it, even though Allie may not be as into sports as some of the rest of us in the family. She loves this book, too. And she loves and follows Tim Tebow as well. I'm going to read an excerpt from each of the books that I talk about today. I'm going to tell you all about three of our favorites. So that you really know what you're getting before you order. 
And be sure to check out the show notes at rachelgkindle.com. And I'm going to link up where you can purchase each book. But I'm just going to read you like a one-day excerpt so you can get an idea of it. So here it is. Okay, this is pages 91 through 94. And the, the title of this little section is called Trust in God, Not in Yourself. And each day starts out with a key verse. So the verse for this day is trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And here is the part from Tim. I was the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. We were playing a team that was powerful, fast, and strong. The morning of the game, I was spending quiet time with God reading the book of Proverbs. I settled on our key verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I couldn't help but park there for a bit. What does it mean to trust in God and not trust in myself? The writer of this scripture reminds us not to lean on our own understanding. What is our own understanding? It's what in our human ability makes us feel confident or powerful or strong. It's whatever we can boast about in ourselves that makes us think we can tackle by ourselves any obstacle that comes our way. For me, this meant my drive to win, my competitiveness, my athletic ability. As I reread this verse a few times, I realized I couldn't put my trust in those things. I had to put my trust in God. So throughout the game, under my breath, I repeated this verse. I wanted to be sure I understood that my confidence rested in God alone, not in my capability to perform or to win. I personalized this proverb to make it cl- to make it clear. As plays were run, passes were thrown, tackles were made, and touchdowns were scored, I said to myself, Timmy, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own athletic ability. Saying this over and over brought me peace. I could handle the outcome, whatever it was. I have to admit, I was pretty disappointed when we lost the game. For a brief moment, part of me thought, oh man, I thought God was going to come through here. And in that brief moment, the peace that had swept over me during the game disappeared. So I forced myself to get my heart and my mind back into the place of trusting God. I reminded myself that even though his plan was different than what I wanted, he's got this. It's tempting to trust in things other than God. There are a lot of options out there for us to choose. Some trust in their good looks. Some trust in their knowledge or education. Some trust in their popularity. Some trust in their talent. Some trust in their ability to sweet-talk others, but trusting things or people or anything other than God usually leads to disappointment. Sometimes we're faced with situations that really hurt and shake us to the core, like a family crisis. Trusting God with all of our hearts doesn't mean our prayers are always going to be answered exactly how we want or that He will come through for us in the way that we want. Still, we're called to seek Him. We're called to trust him. We're called to lean on him and him alone. So whatever happens in good times and bad, know that his plans are always best. And even in hard times, God will show you the right path. And then on the next page, it gives several questions to really discuss together as a family. So like I said, that one's really a favorite. It's quick. It doesn't take forever, but it really gives very relatable situations, and our family has really, really enjoyed that book. Okay, the next devotional book we've been loving is called 
Foundations, 12 Biblical Truths to Shape a Family by Ruth Chow Simmons. I recently attended a Bible study by Ruth called Truthfield, which was all about preaching the truths of the scriptures to ourselves. It was so meaningful, and I quickly started researching some of her other books. I love the ones I've seen so far because they're beautiful. She's a very gifted artist, and the books are so pretty. And more importantly, they're packed full of truth from scripture. This one is specifically a devotional book geared towards family. She has five boys, I believe, and these are good length. They're really engaging, and here's an excerpt from this book. Okay, this is from page 55 and 56 of Ruth Chow Simmons' book, 12 Biblical Truths to Shape a Family. This is titled, Day Two, Store Up the Word. Have you ever tried to hum a song, then another one is playing in your headphones? It's hard to do. Why? Because in that moment, your mind and ears are filled with the lyrics, melody, and rhythm of the song that is coming through your phone or device. You're filled up and consumed with the music you're listening to. That's how it is with our hearts and our habits. When the psalmist who penned Psalm 119 desired to walk in obedience and not sin against God, he didn't ask God to keep him from sinning. He didn't merely ask for wisdom or for removal of temptation, but asked God to fill him up with his commands, the word of God. And Psalm 119, 10 through 11 says, with my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, just as it's difficult to sing the lyrics to a song while listening to another, so a heart fills up with the word of God, runs out of space to sin against him. Even though sinners will always feel tempted to do things our own way without God's help or wisdom, God's grace makes it possible for us to be changed through the content of our hearts. When our hearts become the storehouses for the word of God, God's laws, God's commands, and the story of redemption, we become living, breathing, walking vessels carrying the truth of God's wisdom and plan, abiding in him. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. 1 John 3, 6. Abiding is an active choice to continue to stand your ground, to keep on keeping on. When we abide in him, we stay affixed to Christ and remain filled up in his word. We don't let go. God's word is not a magic pill that keeps us from sinning. Instead, when we store it up in our hearts, it floods us with truth, filling us up with the gospel's good news melody, so much so that it's the one we want to sing. And then it says to dwell on, be so filled up with the sweet melody of God's word that there is no room for sin. And then it continues to give you a verse to work on to memorize, and it gives you some discussion questions as a family. This book is one that we've just recently started using in the evenings, and we've really, really enjoyed this one together as a family. Another one of my really favorite resources is from the Adrian Rogers Legacy Bible. And admittedly, I am a bit biased since he was my grandfather, but this Bible is beautiful and packed full of excerpts from his sermons. And since he passed away before our kids were born, we love sharing these truths with them. Sometimes they read through a sermon excerpt and accompanying scripture on their own for their personal devotions, and sometimes we'll read it together as a family. 
But here's an excerpt from one of the sermon excerpts that's put in paragraph form that is in the Legacy Bible. All right, this excerpt is from page 618 and 619 of the Legacy Bible, and it's about Psalm 40. So we would first read that psalm together, and then here is the excerpt from one of my grandfather's sermons. This one is called The Singing Heart. Do you have joy in your heart right now? Is the song welling up inside of you? Is praise leaping from your being? You may say, not particularly. I had a bad night. It makes no difference. It was raining this morning. It makes no difference. People mistreat me. It makes no difference. I'm sick or I need money or I dislike my job. Makes no difference. Friend, there should be a song in your heart right now. There should be joy in your heart this moment. You may say, I'm not supposed to be filled with joy all the time. Well, I beg to differ. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. When it comes to singing, maybe you're like me. I can carry a tune. I just can't unload it. Regardless, we're still supposed to have a song. There are really two kinds of songs. There's the song that you sing and there's the song that you see. Look at Psalm 43, 40 verse 3. It says, he has put a new song in my mouth. That's the song you sing. Now look at the second verse, the second half of that same verse. Praise to our God, many will see it and fear. That's the song you can see, even if you can't sing it. Every one of us ought to be a two-legged song in a major key, so people around us can hear our song. If they can't hear it, they can at least see it. Now, why do we have singing hearts? What's the secret of a singing saint? Where does this joy come from? Look at Psalm 40, verses 1 and 2. It says, I patiently wait for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. The ancients sometimes constructed a prison in the field that was nothing more than a deep pit filled with slime ringed by slippery walls. If captors wanted to torture a prisoner, they might put a wild beast or a venomous snake in the pit. The prisoner, of course, couldn't grasp the walls and climb out. The more he struggled, the more he sank into the mire. The only way he could be delivered was for someone outside to pull him out. Friend, the saints sing because they have been delivered. All of us are going to have an unexpected pit stop sometime. But Christ has lifted us out of the pit. And Christ keeps lifting us out and cleansing us. I just can't understand how anybody could be pulled from the pit and not want to sing about it. This brings such a smile to my face reading this because this is really what my grandfather lived and taught us in so many real ways all throughout life that we have a choice and that we can be filled with the joy of the Lord and have a song no matter our circumstances. And so that that one is especially so meaningful to, him, to me just as I remember him and what he taught me and how significant that's been in my own life. And I, I really love this Bible and love being able to go through that with our kids and on my own. And it's such a great resource you can, again, find out where to get it in the show notes. It's on Love Worth Finding's website, but I'll link directly to the Bible 
in the show notes at rachelgkindle.com. If you don't already have this, I know you want to get one for your family. You will love it. And another thing that I really recommend, if you don't want to use a specific book, this was always something my grand, my grandparents would do when we would stay with them if my parents were out of town or for whatever reason. And I can't remember a time where we spent the night with them when we didn't have a, like a full sit-down breakfast and a quick Bible study in Proverbs. My grandfather would always have me and my sister pick out a verse or two in Proverbs, and then we would together discuss what it meant and how to apply it to our lives. Such a quick and easy way to root us in wisdom. And so even if you don't have a book or resource, like just open the Word of God and, and pick something to read and to discuss together as a family. And just because you don't know where to start, don't let that stop you from starting. Our kids are 11 and 12, and I know it greatly varies what you do based on the ages of your kids. Sometimes it's easy when they're young, like I said before, just reading a page from a story Bible, and it it might feel a little bit harder to know what to do the older they get. And I want to say we haven't been perfect here, and there was a time where we really weren't super intentional about this. And even now, it doesn't happen every single day, but it's always a good time to start. And it's never something you're going to regret spending time on. Even if it feels awkward when you first start this up together, if it's not something you've been doing, or it feels like they're too young or already too old, don't listen to those lies. Today is a great day to start something new. Discipleship doesn't just happen. It's a conscious decision we choose to make. I know a family member just recently shared with me that they started reading Bible stories to their one-year-old. And another family also shared a new tradition of reading through the whole book of Luke during the month of December with their older kids. It's always a great time to start something new. And it's always a good time to get in the Word of God together as a family. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know this was short and sweet. And I am really looking forward to being back together with y'all next week. And don't forget to refer to the show notes at Rachel G. Kendall for more information about each one of the resources I talked about today. I hope that you enjoy some of them as much as we have. And again, please share with me if you have any other resources that I haven't heard about yet that y'all have really been enjoying together as a family so that we can look into them too. I can't wait to see y'all next year. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.